Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Now podcast. My name is Randy, and we are back to cover Survivor. Took a little two-week break there, had a trip mixed in. We'll talk about that in a second. But as always, I want to introduce uh, our my, I was going to say guests, and I was like, not guests. They're like kind of co-anchors for me. So yeah, you know, you know, we're back in the flow of things, so it's going to take me some time. But I'm joined by Abraham here. Abraham, how are you doing today? Hey, no complaints. Uh, we're going to talk about our trip to New York to kick off season 43. Had a great time. Uh, matter of fact, we met the gentleman that's joining us today, Josh, in New York. So, you know what? It's back time for Survivor, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, probably the person, the reason that I'm flustered here is Josh is joining us. Uh, and Josh might be someone who you might see more often than not coming on here and breaking down Survivor uh, 43 with us and maybe moving forward we'll see how he likes it so this is kind of a trial for him if he doesn't call back we understand why but josh how are you doing today man i'm awesome uh, this is my first time ever really doing a podcast about survivor i am super psyched it was great meeting you guys on wednesday and thanks so much for having me on and uh yeah i can't tell if it's more like me trialing you guys or you guys <laughs> trialing me but i think it's gonna go great and looking forward to, to coming back on I, th I think it's both. I think it's both ways right now. Uh, so, Josh, we actually hung out a lot the other night, really talked, got to know each other a little bit. It's not like I just met Josh on the street and I'm like, hey, Josh, you want to come do a show? Uh, so I kind of know your background and stuff. But go ahead and tell everyone before we get into your survivor knowledge, you know what you do outside of, you know, the life of Survivor. Uh, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a sports writer from Philadelphia. I've actually been covering high school and college basketball uh, in and around the city for the last 11 years. Uh, I run a nonprofit that sort of mentors high school and college students how to be journalists, and we run camps for high school players. And so it's a it's a whole thing. And um, yeah, it doesn't really have any relevance to this other than the fact <laughs> that I've done some podcasting and I have some communications degrees and those sorts of things. But other than that, uh, yeah, I don't think that we're really going to need to know like how to break down Randy's jump shot or, you know, Abraham's defensive abilities. So uh, we, we do. Break, I mean, hey. We could break down JD's jump shot. Okay, cool. <laughs> I still Wendell's got some game. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to ask that. Do you play too? Do you have a jump so, shot? 
No, I, it's like funny enough, the one sport I did not play growing up. Um, I, the quick story is I joined a, you know, I played everything else, joined a youth baseball league when I was seven. The coach took one look at me and was like, uh, your position is stand at the top of the key and don't touch the ball. And uh, that's not a real position in basketball. So, yeah, that was my my one awful, awful season of hoops. <laughs> that's a, that's I about- do love watching it. That's about how far my skill set goes right there. It's like if you get the ball, you're either shooting it or passing it. That's about it. Um, so, well, welcome to the show. I hope you have a fun time. I know we've talked a little beforehand about how the flow goes and everything. And then in typical Randy fashion, everybody, I immediately just changed it all. I was like, no, we're not going to go linear. We're going to kind of jump around and talk about the main points. But before we get into our New York trip really fast and the actual episode why everyone is here at the moment josh how did survivor start with you you know where did your survivor fandom come from yeah it's, it's a great question i i'm sort of a recent convertee um i really only started watching the show on a regular basis the middle of heroes healers and hustlers and then um so ghost island was my first full season but the the sort of slightly longer version is my dad has been a survivor fan since episode one season one Ooh, way um, back then. and has never yes has never missed an episode and i you know i was 12 when it came out and i just was a little it just didn't quite grab me the right way but then throughout survivor history every time we would talk and which is often you know i would hear about oh somebody just got they just introduced immunity idols or somebody got voted out with two idols or somebody just gave away immunity or somebody some lady just won for the second time and he would he would bring those things up okay dad okay and then when I, I went over to his house one night when, when 35 was on and I was like, oh, my God, this is such a better show than I thought it would be. Because I love my dad. But let's be honest, his taste in television is not great. Um, it's like Survivor. And then like the shows about like ice road trucking and like the people catching the fish in Seattle. And, you know, like not really like what I would call like quality television. So I just sort of assumed they're like, oh, maybe if I don't like those things, I'm not going to like Survivor. And one episode of, of Heroes, Healers, and Hustlers, and I was like, oh, my God, it's like watching sports and drama and, and, and you know, a community. And it's just so many more things than it was in those early years. And I was like, I really like this and just kept up with it. And when I met my wife, it was when we, David vs. Goliath was airing. And that just um, she fell in love with it as well. And then during the pandemic, went back, binge watched every single season. And now I've seen them all. Uh, at least all of them two or three times, a couple of, a couple of few more than you, that. Just- you already have me beat because I was watching before you were, before Heroes Hustlers. And and that's the thing. I, I've gone back and I've watched seasons, but I haven't watched them two to three times. And there's still like this like period of time. And I'm ashamed to say because I call myself a super fan and all super fans should have seen every episode, I think. Um, season half of season 10 all the way to season 21 i don't think i've ever watched you're missing some good seasons i know i've heard those are like the best seasons too you're you're missing some real quality in there yeah i've seen every season including the very first one all right (laughs) so so i'm i'm the faker here that's that's what we're concluing here (laughs) but uh real quick oh go ahead abraham so Josh, you got a chance to be at the premiere show in in uh, NYC. That's where I was going. Yep. And um, how does it feel from your perspective to have not only the players from just the recent season of 42, 41, but multiple seasons come in and just hang out with the fans and be a part of a watch party? 
it's awesome. It's awesome. I, I compared it to one of my friends, like to going, you know, he's a big Jets fan. So I was like, imagine going and watching a Jets game, except you're sitting with the New York Jets, you know, current and former who can tell you exactly what's going on on the field and what's going through their heads. And uh, at the first ever party I went to with Wendell, which was last fall, uh, Ramona Gray was there from season one. And she was fantastic. And I spent most of the episode watching it with her. And to watch it with an OG survivor and to hear her thoughts on how the show has evolved, how the game has evolved, how the strategy has evolved. And she was clearly someone who's kept up with it the whole way. was just, it's a, it's a unique experience. I mean, you, I never expected to watch a show like that. I'm so used to watching it, you know, with my wife or by myself. And to, to watch it with 200 other people who are cheering along and reacting the same way you are and to watch it, you know, with the people who've played it, it is, it's amazing. I think anybody who has a chance to go to one of their part watch parties should absolutely do so. It's so much fun. And, and you don't even go, let me just put this out there. You're not going to watch the episode really. Correct. <laughs> don't expect, because <laughs> I was kind of expecting all, us all to sit there and like talk. No, you do not care about the episode. You kind of peek up and see what's going on at times, but you are, you're just kind of in the moment of like, wow, we are in with survivor players uh, speaking with them. And, and it's, it's, Super fun. That was my first one. Um, I'm going to try to hit another one up this year. I'm looking at Los Angeles, but if that can't happen, I'm pretty close to Philly, not too far. So, and then Josh, you're going to the one in Philadelphia, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys want to meet Josh, hit the, hit up the one in Philadelphia. And then Abraham is going to Houston uh, with Wendell and Bryce. Yeah, he'll be in Houston, and then he'll be out in L.A. with Lauren Ashley Beck, who is also throwing a part, a finale party. So plenty of survivor parties going around. And I'll also be down in Florida, Orlando, doing the Hearts for Reality charity uh, with about 85 other CBS reality stars supporting a good organization. Um, it's electric. Uh, coming into New York was the first time I've actually come up to New York for an event, so I had a blast. But you get a chance to meet the actual fans. And funny – Funny story, I was talking to one of the fans, and he had on our buff from our season. I was like, hey, did you watch the season? He was like, yeah. I was like, well, who's your favorite player? I'm talking to him because I didn't have a beard at the time. So, And I'm talking. I was like, hey. And he kept looking at me. He was like, this guy looks familiar. And then he realized <laughs> he was from 41. And then, you know, the phone comes out. It's a great experience, man. It's a great, it's a great opportunity to come back. I knew if I was on the other end, which I was, I was a fan and a chance to get to meet and just talk to people. Uh, so we come up, uh, any event that I can make, I'm going to be at Houston is going to be great because I'm here in Texas. So I don't have to fly anywhere. I'm just going to jump <laughs> the car and drive. And from season 43 kickoff, I think they definitely took the advice of what happened in 41 and 42 and the feedback from the fans. And they did a lot of good work in this start on this first episode. So I'm excited to see what else changes were made and see if they said, okay, we're going to continue to make the show different. And that's really what it's coming down to and make it better. Yeah, definitely get out to one of those events. I mean, just making the connections, meeting them, everyone from the cast. They're so awesome. They're so nice and everything. I mean, you just it opens up the survivor world even more for you while sitting here. I got a message from Ryan. Yeah, Ryan from this season, he, he reached out to me. So it just it opens the world and you think you can't get in more into the survivor community, but you can Trust me. So, all right, let's get into episode one, a two hour episode premiere, which is kind of becoming the norm for the first episode of the season. 
guys, it's a typical Survivor intro. This is something that we really haven't seen since, I mean, not even Winners at War, maybe season 39, where it's just straight to the point. Castaways coming on coming in on boats. Uh, we have their life stories playing in the background. They're saying what Survivor means to them. Uh, so I want to start with uh, Abraham here. Abraham, what do you think? As they're walking up to the beach, did it feel good to have Survivor back? And and who stood out to you right away? You know, one thing is when you when you look at them, the new cast playing, and you think about your time there as well. And that first moment when you get off that beach is so surreal to the fact that you're actually playing a game that you watched on TV and you thought you never would be on, and you get that call. So the adrenaline is pumping. So I can only imagine uh, you're sitting there, you're getting on, you're getting off the boat. And you're saying we're about to get kicked off on Survivor. So I like the intro because we jumped in water. Not that I can't swim because I can, but jumping in water is way different than starting actually on the beach, which is cool because you kind of see them work on the beach and you kind of see the collaboration between 41's entrance and 42's entrance. And I just like the energy, man. They have great energy coming on the show. Everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to participate. And I, I like the way they break down each character as we start to see the beginning of Survivor. And this excitement's there because you want to see what's going to happen. And this has just been a great, I'm telling you, 43 is definitely going to define the series of the 40s. They're going to never be able to say, drop the four and keep the one, but eh, they're okay. <laughs> You're definitely biased towards your season. We all know this. <laughs> all day, uh, every day. Uh, He's got to be there. I mean, like, yeah, rightfully yeah. so, right? Uh, John, what did you think? And I it, I had to ask you as well, because are we a fan of the flash forwards? This is something new. I call them flash forwards where Jeff is like speaking to us about Survivor. And then we see like scenes from later on in the episode where they're already dirty and working on the shelter and stuff like that. Are we a fan of this? Does it not really matter? Yeah, like, I, think, I don't think new. it matters. Yeah, I think it's the first episode. Like, they don't have any footage of them to use. Yeah, so yeah. it's either that or show the same shots of them riding in on the boat looking really <laughs> concerned about which shoreline they're going to be going to. So, no, I don't have a problem with that. I will say I do miss, like, the classic, um, you know, the the, the token genes, let's, let's abandon you in the middle of the Brazilian jungle and you have to walk five hours or, you know, uh, Pearl Islands, like, you have to, you know, you have a minute to scavenge the boat and throw everything overboard and get to shore. Oh. Like, I miss a little bit of those chaotic survivor intros and I get with the shorter game they don't want to give them as many supplies but I really miss that like you have 45 seconds to like untie the chickens and chuck them in the water and hope you get your stuff with make you. sure they like, don't I, drown I and yeah <laughs> exactly like I, I'd love to see that brought back a little bit you know what I'm with Josh I, I you know I anticipate going that I would have some of that same experience now, everybody that comes after our season will see the new season. So it'll be an adjustment period. It'll adjust to it. Okay, we know we're going with limited supplies. But going in on 41, I was like, oh, yeah, we're about to fight for it. Somebody's going to have to get the chicken. Somebody's going to have to dive into the water. But now we see the new era survivor. And I think that as we build on it, we're going to see some differences that we're really going to enjoy. And it's going to be the staple for this time period. Uh, well, we get right into a reward challenge, which is another thing that we've kind of seen here and there in the new seasons. A fun reward challenge. I mean, you have to go get these giant boxes. You have to really drag this heavy boat back. I mean, it's typical Survivor. And you have to try to get the flint. I mean, that's all they're giving you. Jeff keeps pushing, you know, this season's going to be tough. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat anything anymore. You're getting, a, a, if you win this, you get a flint. You get a what was the other two things they got? They pot. got oh, a, you get a, a pot. 
Yeah, machete. Rot, Machete, and Flint. And we really saw all three tribes struggling with this long pull to get this Flint down until, hello, Cody, I believe, was the first one who said it, had this brilliant idea, and it made it look so easy. Like, it was so easy once he did that. So Vessi actually walks away with the uh, the Flint here and their supplies. I yeah. love any time Survivor can... Sorry, Abraham. I love any time Survivor can just slightly twist the game to give you something that you've, you've seen before but haven't seen before. So we've seen the long stick that you need to get, you know, the key off the pole, but I don't think we've ever seen them do it at the angle. And so it's a it's a typical Survivor challenge that they've now twisted to be, oh, it's a, it's a new way. We've got to problem solve it a little differently. And I think that's really smart whenever they can find ways to do that. Now, I look at it a little differently. I'm saying, okay, who can I vote out first? I'm trying to collect information. Already? Say, okay. <laughs> you know what? 26 days is fast. But 43 knew what 26 days were coming. 41 and 42 didn't. So now you know how fast the game is played. So you, you kind of look for little nuggets to use and say, okay, if I got to use this, everybody else saw the same thing. And that's the thing about it is you don't want to throw somebody on the bus. You just want to point out something everybody saw. And then you can subtly say, hey, well, this might this might impact us along the way. Now, we're going to see Mike do this when it comes time, when he has to make a decision. But I like the way it started. I like the box. I like the puzzle concept of it. But you're right, Josh. I would have liked a little more physicality in some of the interactions of getting stuff and fighting for food and just grabbing stuff and just a chaotic part of it. But I also remember jumping in that water, too. Uh, so, I no. I have a point to add, Abraham, on like the 26 days in a fast-paced game because I feel like this is the first season. We'll go back to the savvy and sweat here mm. in a second that I want to touch on, obviously, as well. But I feel like this is the first season that I really noticed that the castaways playing have picked up the speed a little bit. I feel like everyone, there was a lot of scrambling. They're like, we got to, especially like Owen. Owen was playing hard. He's like, I got to get these alliances. I got to go, go, go. And I don't know what it is. Correct me if you guys feel a different way. But I feel like after seeing season 41, season 42, they notice 26 days. The game tends to go a little bit faster. And I feel like they picked up the pace here. Well, I'm going to put it in a little more context. That first day is not threatening. You're really just trying to build a shelter and get fire. You're really trying to, that's really all you're really trying to do because you, you, you're exhausted. You're tired. You've already done a challenge. You've already been on the beach. You're really trying to say, hey, where are we going to sleep tonight? And will I be in the dark? And when I say the dark, it's pitch black in Fiji at night. And we couldn't see anything. So we didn't know that until it started getting dark. You know, it's still kumbaya. You're still happy. You're just like, wait a minute, it's getting real dark here. But you want a place to sleep and you want some fire. And to me, Owen jumped out the gate too early and played too hard when he didn't have to. So you got to look at the context of the game and say, OK, day one, you don't have to do all that. You just kind of because nothing happens on day one. You already went through the challenge. You got another challenge if you didn't win the first one. You're really just trying to get your social game together and just establish relationships. Josh, what do you think, man? You think the pace picked up a little bit here? I mean, look, I you know, someone who's never been on the island. I think that ever since Russell Hance played Survivor, uh, Samoa season 19, season 20, um, that changed the tempo of the game. Okay, yeah. Irredeemably. Or not, uh, not irredeemably, irrecoverably. It, it, it was never going back from that point. 
And then the editors love to say every season, oh, it's it's the it's game is so fast now. The game is so fast now. They said that second chances, everybody that came back was talking about how fast it was. <laughs> I mean, Kagai on, everyone was talking about how fast it was. And Denise and Malcolm formed an alliance on day two. So I think it's one of those things that, like, I think once Russell Hance came, I don't know how much faster it actually could get. Because of what, what, what Abraham is saying, that first day you're building you're building a shelter, you're worried about getting there, you actually want to meet the people on your tribe. Maybe now the fact that there's only six people, yeah, maybe you're going to try to form an alliance on day one or day two. But like, we're now talking maybe you're doing it a couple hours before, where maybe in the in the old school seasons, you're waiting days to form those alliances. I think ever since it really got Modern Survivor and Russell Hans came along, I don't think it's been that significant of a change. It probably just feels fast for everybody that's out there. I mean, yeah. Abraham, Abraham and myself have stated that we don't we aren't really the biggest fans of the, the three tribes, the super small tribes. How do you feel about it? Because I'm curious yeah, about I, that. No, I agree. I think they're too small because I think and we saw this um, on Wednesday night when you only have six people on your tribe and, you know, a tribe swap isn't coming on day three. Right. You're going to be stuck with that group for a little bit. Then physical strength becomes such a priority because you don't have eight, nine, 10 people where you maybe have two or three strong folks where you can get rid of one of them because they don't fit in with your tribe, but you still have some other strength. You have one, maybe two people that are really physically fit and it almost takes them out of the, out of the discussion because you know, at some level, each challenge is going to have something physical, right? There's, there's some physical element to survivor no matter what. And so it makes it really difficult to be like, hey, are we going to vote out the strongest person of our tribe? There's only going to be five of us left. Um, and then you're going to end up with, you know, the, the Mariahs getting booted first at almost every time because there's just no there's no alternative. Mm -hmm. I, as a as a fan, not as a player, just as a fan, I just want to get a more social so I can actually develop who I want to root for. Who can I root for in day one without ever seeing them really play the game? Because we're, we're moving a little faster. We're voting differently now. And then, okay, now we've got to vote somebody out. In real world, I think it's like two and a half days before you got to do the first vote. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day is, as a fan, I want to develop and say, you know what? I want to root for that player. But we really never see him. You know, for me, looking at Mariah and what ended up happening at the end, I didn't see how they came to that conclusion. I wouldn't have went with, with her in, in that conclusion. But we'll get into that as well. But I want to be able to develop a connection with the players and be like, hey, I want to I want to I want to root for a James or I want to root for a Mariah. But it, the, the, some things I think they need to slow down a little bit and say, OK, let's let the whole game develop. You know, do I really want do I like Mike? And eh, no, Mike is not my cup of tea or I love Mike. Mike has a great game. And I think it's a balance. I think they just got to figure out what's a good balance. But I do enjoy the way 43 started off. And how each player to kind of identify itself. Uh, Solomon is actually, he's my guy now. Wait, he who is that? Who, oh, the young kid, the 19 year old. Oh, Sammy. Yep. Sammy. Sammy's my guy now. Right. Well, hold on, wait a minute. We have a, we he have could a be Solomon, player. whatever. We, we'll just call him Solomon. <laughs> We're all terrible with names, so like, we'll yeah, figure well, it out. <laughs> we had, Sammy is in, let me tell you, Sammy played the game. Better than Wu played the game. Owens, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Wu. Better than Owen played the game. Because um, Sammy was subtle with his move. And he said, hey, I'm not 19. I'm 22. Where Owen wanted to jump in there and get it together. and Let's, let's get our alliances and stuff. 
it almost backfired, but we're going to talk about that. Go ahead. Uh, well, I want to go back to the savvy and sweat. Now, this is something CBS, I feel like, did a lot of great with this episode. I felt like everyone had a moment to speak. Yes, there was probably someone who I'm probably missing that didn't get that much screen time. I think Justine just talked like once. Um, but I, I feel like everyone had their moment to kind of say what survivor meant to them or their backstory. And I like that. I didn't feel like there was really any purple edits. And another cool thing they did is they kept the savvy and sweat, but they changed it, thankfully. And I think it would have been terrible if they didn't. And I liked both, you know, both choices that the castaways had to make here. Um, one thing I really liked is they didn't tell you what the puzzle was going to be. The word puzzle. They said you have a choice of savvy, which is a word puzzle that everyone has to work together. And then they told you what the sweat was. So you kind of had to just go in blindly if you didn't want to do the sweat. And we got to see both in action, which I really enjoyed. So you had Coco who did sweat, which was Ryan and Geo digging for their supplies. And then you had um, was it Baca? Yeah, Baca who did um, the savvy option. Gentlemen, I have to ask. Which one would you choose? If you're just, I mean, I feel like Savvy's the right choice. Like win together, lose together. Let's let's do this thing. Do you guys agree, disagree? What would you choose? Let me paint a picture for you. I can only paint from my perspective of uh, Boach is a neurosurgeon. I'm computer science. Tiffany is a, a teacher. Evie, PhD student. Liana, college student. Xander, college student. We looked at that puzzle and we was like, no, we were not going to do that. <laughs> Wait, what's, it was a different, it was a different type of puzzle too. But we looked at it and looked at each other and was like, it, it, it just like, it's not made to look easy at all. And you got to make a decision on time because it's still getting dark. You want to say, hey, and we just said, hey, y'all do sweat. Now me, I would have loved to do sweat, but I had two young guys on my tribe that I was like, hey, I think they may do better than me. I could have <laughs> done it. But you like, I'm like Owen. I'm like I'm like Owen and James. I'm like I'm not I'm not out here for that that manual labor. That's what we got the young guys for. Josh, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I think from watching Survivor, it seems like one of the things that you shouldn't do as much as possible early on is other yourself. And so I think the best thing to do is go for the savvy because. All right, the sweat worked out really well uh, for who, who was it, Vezzy that went? No, uh, Coco right. for, the, yeah, uh, yeah. for the sweat. They got lucky. They found it in 30 minutes. There really wasn't much of a chance for the rest of the <laughs> yeah. tribe to, to feel bad about it or to, to start to, oh, man, are these, are these guys going to get tired? Are they going to help our, our tribe in challenges or are we going to form other alliances? I mean, that X strategy was minutes. genius. That X strategy well, was it, genius. It was genius because it works. But I doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean that. It was like, does that mean it's yeah. the right call? I don't know. Yeah, I would go with win as a tribe, lose as a tribe. Stay together as much as possible because if you if you have look, if you have two people in your tribe who are willing to step forward and say we're going to dig through the sand for a couple of hours, sure, go by all means. But I would never volunteer myself for that because if you lose, if you don't do it, now you've just spent four hours not talking to members of your tribe, and they have something negative to feel about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah look, I, look, Ryan has definitely put himself in the light of one of the strongest players on his on his tribe. So you go back to the very first challenge. He's carrying the box by himself. He goes back and helps Geo. Then, you know, he comes out here. He's playing. He, and you're right. It could have worked out and took four hours. But whatever strategy of the X worked out. And you get you right. Anytime other people have a chance to talk about you, when you're not there, you always going to be paranoid to 
are they talking about me? And that's the game of Survivor. Actually, I love it. It's the game of Survivor. But then that's the thing. It's even if they don't, even if your tribesmates are nice and are like, okay, we understand that they've, you know, been nice enough to dig through the sand and we're not going to immediately decide that they're the two people on the outs. Now you're paranoid because you're sitting there wondering, they thinking they must be talking about it. <laughs> so then now you're going to start acting differently. I don't know. That'd be tough. And the thing like, yeah, Ryan, you know, Ryan worked out for him, but like, it was pretty obvious after the first challenge that he was going to be an asset to their tribe. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting kind of challenged. I'm getting kind of challenge beast vibes from Ryan, and that's not what I thought I was going to. I mean, he looked good in the immunity challenge. He looked good in the first reward challenge. I'm like, is Ryan going to be kind of like, you know, the the challenge beast this season in a way? Look, you know, look, Survivor is so unpredictable. He, he if I played with Ryan, if I played with you guy, we're playing because you got to win. You got to you got to win in order not to go to tribal. And Ryan has come out there with a great backstory. He's putting in physicality work based off his profile. So right now, Ryan is not going to be a target, which I think is good in Survivor. You got to remember how you get along to the different stages of Survivor. To me, some players, if I've seen in these new seasons, they play too fast. They're like, oh, he's a he's a he's a physical threat. I got to get him out now. Well, if you lose, guess what's going to happen? As soon as you vote him out, you're going to have to vote somebody out. So it's interesting to see how. They've grown from just these past two seasons to get to 41, 43. And I know when they get to the next season, because everybody's having an opportunity to see how the seasons are developed now, we're going to see some great gameplay. I think we're going to see some great play gameplay in 43 as well. But do you think that's a good thing? Like, do you, and I, I guess I'll, I'll ask this to Abraham, but also for Randy, like, is it a good thing that because he's physical, you already know that he's going to make it a few tribals because his tribe needs him? Like, I to me, it shouldn't be the case that anybody is, clearly going to make it along because of their physicality and that was kind of goes back to why i think the tribes are too small that's what there i was shouldn't going be to anybody say, yeah. who who was able to rest on their laurels a little bit because they'll be like oh my tribe can't vote me out like nobody should ever have that feeling i think with the i think with the smaller tribes the issue and you kind of alluded to this earlier josh the issue is in every small tribe, everyone kind of fills a void. Okay, that person's the weak person on the tribe. Okay, there's the person who's going to carry their tribe, like a Jonathan that we saw in season 42. Okay, those two are the, you know, the two um, kind of young adult females that are going to link up because, you know, they have stuff in common and stuff like that. I feel like there's stereotypes to all these small tribes that they all kind of end up being very similar in how they play and I, I think if you take them and compare them to some of the small tribes we saw in 42 and 43 or sorry, 42 and 41, you would see these similarities start to pop out. So I agree. I, I don't think it's a good thing for the viewer that we can already be like, OK, he's they're not going to target him because he's carrying them at the moment. You know, well, I understand what you're saying. And I slightly have to disagree in the sense that this is where you get your strategy of who's going to be in your alliance. So it's always going to be a balance of your alliance between somebody that's going to have brains and strategy. It's going to always be somebody that's going to have the gift to be able to drag a tribe through a particular challenge. But all challengers are not made equal. So mm -hmm. where strength may be a requirement in this challenge, they may get to a challenge where strength is not a requirement. You need somebody that can think through the challenge. So you're, you saying, you're saying it's the unpredictability of who forms alliances and stuff like that, that keeps it kind of new and fresh to, to the viewer. I think it's going to be the balance of your alliance. That's going to determine how far you're going to go. It's not going to be the strength that you have to get through the challenges. It's going to be, a, it's going to play a part in there, but I think if 
let's say we put us all together and be me, you, Josh, and Randy. Okay, who's gonna? Who's, I'm not gonna. I'm be like Randy's gonna go out there and pull the heavy, the heavy weight, even though physically I may look bigger and stronger than Randy. I'm gonna be like, I need to conserve my strength. I'm gonna pull the car and be like, I'm a little older. Y'all young, <laughs> get out there and get it done. And then again, I'm gonna use that against you if I gotta vote you out. I'm be like, they, they can't even do the challenges. So the strategy starts in every aspect of Survivor. So I think there's always gonna be a strong person. But that strong person can't make it to the end without an alliance. We saw Jonathan with Lindsay. Uh, we saw Mike and Jonathan. John, Mike is an older guy. So you kind of see the balance out in your strategy and who you align yourself with. Because that's going to be the determining factor if you even make it to the end. Uh, Josh, I wanted to go back, make sure we didn't forget this point before I get into um, the boats arriving and uh, the prisoner dilemma island that we head to. Um and that was what you said. You you saw something on Reddit earlier, and I thought it was a really. I'll, I'll let you say because I you found it, and I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, no, it was just like a post I saw on Reddit this morning about whether or not people were worried about Survivor becoming too generic without the different themes of the seasons, and you know how that affects things. And um, yeah, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. Like I, I I'm just so you, you know, you guys and our viewers are aware like my general thought on survivor is survivor needs to change every year like that's it's a it's a you can't have the same season of survivor right um to quote rush and tom sawyer changes aren't permanent but change is right there's always you're gonna have to be evolving in some way and you can never go back to what was before because once you've done what was before people then know what it is and then they're going to react to it differently so you're going to have to continue changing the game so I don't necessarily like hate that now that there aren't themes, but I think if they're going to do it that way, then they need to be really careful to change things up in some way, shape or form. Because, you know, as we were just talking about, if every tribe has the same makeup and every tribe and there's no theme anywhere, then you're going to end up with sort of the same thing happening over and over again. Um, I would be curious to see, you know, what would happen if we had unbalanced tribes? What would happen if one tribe came in with seven men and three women and the other tribe had seven women and three men? Does that mean necessarily that the seven and seven are definitely going to vote out the other three? I don't know. Because again, if now if you have more people that are like each other, then the personal relationships start to matter and it starts to be less about, oh, they're our only strong person. And now it's, oh, we have four strong people so we can afford to get rid of one of them. And then you actually have to form those alliances and play the game. So that was a little bit of a rambling answer. Oh, I think you you figure out people's person. Like, you could be a strong guy with a bad personality, or you can be a strong young lady with a bad personality. I'm still going to want to vote you out because you don't bring any harmony to the day to day. So it's funny. But as you, you just said, in a small tribe, you have to, right? In a small tribe, it doesn't matter. You don't really have an option. If you're yeah. strong, you have to keep them. And uh, it's funny, like, in the two hour episode, there's still 22 more hours that they're together. So you don't really sleep all night. So you kind of get to know each other in the darkness about each other, but it's it's little things that start to get on your nerves. Because here's here's the backdrop: there's no food. Yes, we know this. <laughs> oh, you only at the at the at the earliest you only ate breakfast probably six o'clock that morning. Now it's already about to get dark. You haven't eaten anything, and that's I, not like purified water from the well. That water, you'd be like, but Abraham, so, we're not we're not talking about food. We're talking about is Survivor getting too generic? Like, I mean, I was always a fan of the themes and everyone kept hating on them and saying it's too cheesy. 
And now, funny enough, we're not doing them anymore. You know, Survivor CBS gave the fans what they were complaining about. You know, get rid of the themes and let's just do Survivor 43. And I've heard countless people, so many of my friends that I know and so many podcasters that I listen to, we're starting to miss the themes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you well, got what you wanted. And now you, I mean, I used to love the themes. I thought it gave it character. It gave it kind of a backdrop, whether you thought it was cheesy or not. There was something else kind of holding it up there. And now you just have Survivor for what it is. And we all know how it's changed for the good and the bad. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, but, you know, Survivor's evolved to what it is now. And whether you like it or you hate it, there's nothing to fall back on. There's not that interesting, okay, this person was on the brains tribe, but he's not acting very brainy right now and stuff. You don't have something to support it. If the season's bad, it's it's going to be bad. There's nothing else there to kind of drive the narrative. So, Abraham, yeah. I think that's what we're trying to discuss is, is it getting too bland? And I wonder if, like, people, like, they sort of, it seems like the Survivor producers almost went like, okay, we want to recruit more diverse cast because diversity is a good thing. Survivor should mm -hmm. be more diverse than it has been in the past. Yeah. But then they, it almost seems like they went with, well, if we're going to have a diverse cast, then we can't shoehorn them into anything. And it's like, whoever said, like, you can have a very diverse cast that also happens to be David versus Goliath, right? You can have a very diverse cast that also happens to be Millennials versus Gen X. You can have a very diverse cast that also happens to be East Coast versus West Coast or city versus country or whatever breakdown you want to do of it, the producers can recruit or find a diverse enough cast to, to have it both ways. And it feels like they should get back to doing that. So we, I know for us, we anticipated, we salivated for what is going to be our theme. Cause you know, up until that point, everybody had a theme. The only thing that we do have that the other season can have is drop the four, keep the one. That's the only thing that we have during <laughs> the other two previous the, the other two seasons that are playing now because there is no theme. You're right. I love those themes. And that's how we really remember the different players. We remember the different seasons by those players. Because nobody really calls you out to be like, okay, I was on Game Changer. Well, you know who was on Game Changer. You know who was in Cook Island. You know how far back it goes. Because you got the different locations, you got the different places. And again, like Josh was saying, you still gotta change. So am I upset about not having an actual name? Not really, because 41 does have something different than 42 and 43 mm -hmm. can have. But 42 doesn't, you can't drop the four and say, ah, we keep the two. Uh, yeah, well, I agree with that. I, I did, I heard someone say something interesting and it was, they made a, a big statement. Abraham, you and I talked about this in New York at one point and you disagreed. But someone said all these 40 seasons are going to end up eventually like we're in, when we're in season 56 or however long Survivor goes, which hopefully is forever. Um, uh, all these 40 seasons are just going to kind of flow together and it's going to be like the 40s. I mean, because everything I mean, I remember Survivor Kagayam. I re that is iconic to me. I remember Survivor the Australian Outback. That is still one of my favorite seasons. They stand out. But if you have season 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, there's nothing. They're all going to flow together as one big. Yeah. Now, same location, same starting tribes, same cast makeups. You know, yeah, absolutely. They're going to seem generic. I think that the players make the season. Um, but I'm going to ask Josh. I'm going to use Josh as this. When Marianne gave her statement for why she should win and be the sole survivor, 
Did she not to me? She crushed it. Oh, absolutely! Don't get me. I want to. I want to. I was just thinking. I just want to say. I still love the show, right? This yes. is not like a critique of like, oh, the show is bad now. It's not bad at all. We are not going to stop watching. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's a, it's a great show. It's just like, how do you turn an A show back into that A plus show? That to me is like where it's come from. It's just like it's, it's great. I watch it every year. Marianne was a great winner. Erica was a great winner. Both forty one and forty two were very enjoyable seasons to watch, and I'll go back and watch them again. But I just think it's like what Brandy was saying. Like they don't just. They're, they're not going to stand out on their own. You're going to need a little bit more of a reminder of like, oh, which one was 41? What happened at the merge there? As opposed to like a token change. It's like, oh yeah, I remember they were abandoned in the Brazilian jungle. They voted someone out of their tribe, except that person got a helicopter ride ahead to the camp. And it started off this, you know, that it creates that different narrative that when you have all these generic starts, you, it's tougher to find that narrative. You're not going to have your I-2-4 anymore because of the, um, you know, the... the uh, yeah. I'm going to give Jeff a way out. I'm going to give Jeff and CBS a way out and say, okay, those were the seasons that were closest to the pandemic. Now we can get back to in 44 or 45, we're going to go back and give names back. You know, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be sooner than later. I think we're going to enjoy those tag names, but we're still going to enjoy the fact that Survivor still had to change. It still had to move forward and be something different. You still have the same players. You still have 18 players vying for the winner of Soul Survivor, which will never change. And we'll have an Erica, a Canadian citizen. We'll have a, another Canadian citizen. And we're like, wait a minute now. We got two in a row from Canada. I don't think anybody's from Canada on this season. They stopped that. So that's a, that's a back. great transition into how we're going to get back into this episode for season 43. And that is, I was coming into season 43 with a completely open mind. I mean, everyone knows I've said that. No, I thought there was a stain on my shirt. I think there is. Where did that come from? Uh, Now I'm mad. Now this entire episode is not going to be the same. Uh, But anyways, um, I came into this with an open mind and I was like, okay, season 41, season 42, no offense, Abraham, were not my favorite in terms of Survivor seasons out of all of them. But I understand the pandemic, he had to do stuff. It made sense. Now now I'm like, the pandemic is over. We can get back to what Survivor is, even if it's just 26 days. But it seems like they're still doing the same thing. And while I like the changes, we have Sweat or Savvy for the third straight season. And now we have the Prisoner's Dilemma Island for the third straight season. And you can change it however much you want. But it is still the basic, like, where? why can't we do another Redemption Island season? I know that's, like, the same thing, but we haven't done that in forever. Why can't we start off like we did with Survivor Palau, even though I thought this was very aggressive? I, that's not the word I'm looking for, but I'm going to use it. And that the Castaways got there, and we vote off two people right off the bat, and they don't me. even get to play. Yeah, me. me yeah, was I was word. like, that is terrible. But why can't we do something? Like, I'm not shocked anymore that's what i'm finding like when the boats came i was like "Ooh, where are they taking them and then they took them to prisoner dilemma island and i said okay we're gonna do this four or five times this season and i'm just i that shock value is gone but let's talk about that a little bit and you guys can add on to that if you would like to as well that point uh josh i'll start with you man they did change it up here i mean it is changed i like that now you know what the other people said because like Carla could go back, by the way, just to let you guys know, I assume everyone listening watched the episode, but Coco sent, uh, sent Carla 
uh, Baca sent Gabler and Bessie sent Dwight. And now Carla can go back and say, I didn't risk my vote. And so either Mike or Dwight have the, you know, the advantage and the other one lost their vote. Dwight lost his vote, showed it to the rest of the tribe. So he has the evidence. And now they all know that Gabler has an advantage. They don't know why. And then Gabler does end up getting an immunity idol, which is good for uh, just the first two tribal councils. So, Josh, I mean, they changed it, but it is still Prisoner Dilemma's Island. Yeah, I would love to see them one time just, like, take the three of them to a picnic and then just have them come back and have to explain that they just had peanut butter sandwiches and literally nothing happened. Like, that, you know, but what you talk about, Randy, I think was a great point in that Survivor now has 40 seasons worth of twists and tricks and advantages and things that they've utilized that you can go back and pick one or two of them out at any given point. You could have a redemption Island that only lasts like three votes and that people aren't going to be aware of, or you can have the idle nullifier come in at some point, or you can have the steal of vote, all these different things that they've now introduced that now instead of having to come up with like new tricks, they could just recycle old ones and do them in different times in different ways. And it would just be, it would be interesting because nobody's going to be expecting something that came out in season eight or season 12 or season 19 or what, what have you. Um, but instead, they just keep doing sort of the same things over and over again. And now I, I'm hoping that this is the last season with the or these two seasons, because I'm assuming 43 and 44 are going to be very similar mm. with the prisoner's dilemma. Because now, as we've just seen, when you go away by boat, your tribe knows almost exactly what's happened. They know that you probably got there with people from other tribes. They know that you probably had a chance at some kind of advantage or some kind of knowledge or something. And so you almost have to then tell them the truth because everybody's seen enough seasons to know an obvious lie if you tell one. So it's interesting. Now they, they, I'm sorry, Josh. They changed no, the results good. of the challenge. So the two, the two, the idol that's good for two tribes wasn't there last season or before. Um, them taking something back and finding out if they got the vote or not. They changed that aspect of it, but they could have just went over. I'm not saying you have to. Look at Australia or look at South Africa Survivor and see how they kind of mixed it up on theirs and add that to the front part. I like the back end of the of what they got out of it, but you're right. Why not go to a feast and hide it somewhere and say, hey, would you like a sandwich or would you like this or that and hide that in there and give them a different look outlook. That way, you when you get back to tribal, you're not stating exactly what happened. And then Cody didn't believe the white anyway. They should give them an unbelievable story. That's what it should be. That should be the entertainment is give them a story that the tribe isn't going to buy, even when it's the truth. I would take them to a spa and take them to a spa, get them them a spa day. And I would hide something there. And they'll be like, wait a minute. We just got out of here. Why do you (laughs) you smell so fresh and clean? What season was it where they had to choose between two bags of rice? There was like, you can take the small oh bag and you get an idol, or you can get the bigger bag with no idol. And even the bigger bag didn't look very big. So when they came back and were like, oh, we took the bigger bag for the tribe, half the tribe was like, that doesn't look very big to us. They were telling the truth, but the, the truth was an unbelievable story. So I think that's what you got to do is you got to bring them to something where, yeah, you, you hide the idol like, idol, like Abraham said, or you don't even give them an advantage, or it's something that's it's hidden back at camp, so you come back, you have nothing to show your tribe, 
and you have a story that doesn't sound believable. I think that's the best way to do it. It almost, it, it almost feels a little lazy. Like it almost feel like we're just going to recycle what we've been doing. Cause I mean, Jeff did get rid of some things. We know that the do or die twist is not coming back this season. We know the hourglass is not coming back, but he already stated that some things were the shot in the dark is coming back. Please get rid of that. Please, I'm saying CBS, please get rid of it. Uh, and then we know that the earn, you know, earn the merge is coming back, which I like that one. And I think a lot of people do as well. Uh, but so you just can't, we're past that point that you can, and this isn't just Survivor. This is just kind of a world thing. And I'm just going to put this out there. We're past the point of you can blame COVID on why we're we're doing some stuff. Like we're, we're past that. And I still feel like CBS is like, I don't know the rules and, and regulations and stuff for Fiji. They might still be super like, you know, locked down. I'm not sure, but we're past that point of, we have to keep doing the same season and just call it the new era of survivor. I, I think that's how, that's my last opinion on, you know, the, the prisoner. Yeah, we, dilemma. Had a, we had a, we had a, we had a great buildup. It was like the, the monster. But then it, it turned to be like a cuddly animal because we were like the monster. Where is it at? You know what? I like the fact that I don't. Here's what I don't like. I don't like that somebody coming in 44 or 45 can watch season 41 through 43 and know exactly what to expect. That's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that if you go back to the different seasons with the different titles, it was always something different. So you never knew what to expect. And survivors should be just that. You're going to be dumped into a situation and you truly have to try to survive to get out of it versus saying we have the same. OK, we know they're going to come back with something. We know they're going to get on a boat. All you changed was instead of walking to the top of a hill, you walked across some water. It was low tide anyway. And you get there and you got to make the same decision. Now, where I would have not overshared, I would have lied because Mike came back and showed it. We oversharing again and they had no alliance. And then we see where Mike says, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and basically said, I've checked off my list of what I want to do on Survivor. And to me, he was ready to go, which do, I would have sent him do, home. Do we like Mike? Is Mike playing a good game? Or I, I put him up. I, I You can go vote on our Instagram page at the Survivor Now podcast right now or our Twitter at uh, Survivor Now pod. But I put up the uh, player of the week nominations and I had to throw Mike in there because he did get a, an immunity idol by risking his vote. And then he told everyone, I'm ready to go home. I'm going to play my shot in the dark. And it almost actually, like, it worked. Like, people are like, he's playing a shot in the dark and he's got an idol for the first two. So we don't even want to throw votes his way when he did kind of cost them the challenge a little bit. Like, I I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Mike's or Gabler's game right now. I have no idea. If, if that was a strategy, it was a great strategy. Because it looks real noble to say that I've listed off these three things that I've wanted to accomplish. And if I'm picked because I lost, I'm fine with that. And here's the thing about it is you would never see that coming in Survivor. So I like the way he approached it, but he was talked out of it pretty quick. So I don't really <laughs> think he was going to stick to it. I don't think he was like, it sounds good. But when they was like, no, you, you want immunity. Don't use your shot in the dark. You're not the target. He backed off of it. But we want to go back, and when we get to Tribal Council, I want you to remember what Mike said at Tribal Council. And it was in reference to moral victories versus winning. Well, powering through kind of the end of this episode here, because we 
we've already spent like an hour talking about everything. So love that one. Love that Josh is on the show. I love the questions you're popping up for us because it's more of like a kind of deeper feel into what's going on with Survivor right now and the season as a whole. Um, coming off of season 41 and season 42. So we have basically an obstacle course, uh, you know, typical first challenge here that ends with a puzzle. I love, I absolutely love when they give them an option of puzzles. I'm not a big puzzle fan, but I love when there's three puzzles here. Choose which one you like. Love it. Um, I, which one real quick, just for fun, which one would you guys choose? Because I would have chosen, if it was just me, Randy, choose which puzzle you want to compete on. I'd probably choose the straight shot because I think once you could get, you know, balance your balance down and just run it right down the aisle way there, I think that would have been the easiest one. Oh, I don't. I'm a, Josh, I'm going to let you go. because I, I thought it was the maze and they did the maze the easiest. Yeah, I think anyone where, like, the maze you couldn't fall off it, right? There weren't. Yeah, until the end, until the very end. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the. I, I don't know. Abraham, did you guys have a puzzle and did you do one of those? No, we had a um we had an actual a physical puzzle. The puzzle okay. like I wonder how I wonder how long that portion of it takes. You know, like how many times they're dropping those balls and they don't show us. Or are they showing us every attempt at it? You know? Is that something that's over in five minutes, or is that like 40 minutes of slowly working that table back? You you you're here's what I like about challenges, and here's what I like about looking at challenges on Australia and New Zealand. I want you to be exhausted at the end of the challenge. I want you to feel like you had to go to war to get through it. I like the mud part. I like the sawdust part. I want you to get up there and realize that you put in some work to get there before you win. Now, someone's pants literally around their ankles. I don't know what's with James. James, <laughs> James, you need to buckle next time, man. But James has already said he's not. Gonna, he's not a physical guy. He already came out there and was like, I didn't come out of physical labor. He's a chess guy. But you know what? I said, James, man, if you put your pants up, they might be able to get you up over that thing. <laughs> but James ran to the wall and he helped everybody get over. Here's the thing. Look, slow motion. People are exhausted. They, they, they've dug through the, 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 to the sawdust. They've gone under the mud pit. Uh, you're trying to dig up under the pole. Ryan is a beast. He, he got through it and he got up there. But if you go back and look, you'll see where people are kneeling down and people are just gassed. That's Survivor right there. I like that. I love that part of it. So when you get to the puzzle, you really got to concentrate on who the two that's got to do the puzzle. And can you calm yourself down enough not to get nervous? Because this time you had where they had two. They were only one person, only one tribe getting voted out. And before we went to tribal, my thing was we only have to beat one tribe because only one tribe is voting. We didn't know until we got there. They was like, Two tribes are voting. Now you're kind of like you either win or don't win. It's and I mean that part I didn't like because it really didn't give us a chance to develop a actual relationship with the characters because we already know two of them was going to be gone. But I love the fact that they got out there and they got after it. I would have picked the one that you rolled down straight, but I wouldn't have done it like they did it, and I probably wouldn't have figured it out, and I probably would have went voted and went home. <laughs> Beautiful. It was it was a luck of the draw that they figured out yeah. that they both needed to be behind each other so one doesn't dominate the the movement. It's really touchy too. It's a really touchy yeah. apparatus. Uh beautiful looking. I I thought I mean props to the art team. I thought the idols were gorgeous oh, and kind of oh, kind of unique. Yeah, they were they were I was like, "Okay, this is kind of giving me like classic survivor like the totem pole type thing. They like beautiful warriors." 
Um, you you said it, Abraham, something different. We're only voting out one person, which I think did catch a lot of people off guard because, you know, we all assumed it was going to be two people because of the 26 days. That might happen next week with an hour and a half episode. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but basically, Coco wins immunity, followed by Vessi, and Baca is heading to Tribal. So before we get to who got voted out and our final thoughts here, what way did you guys think this was going to go? It, it was. It seemed that Mariah and Owen were going to be the targets. Um, and while everyone was shocked in New York at the party, that's re that's really the only thing that I noticed was who got sent home and everyone was really shocked and mad about something. I wasn't shocked watching the episode. Maybe it was because I already knew she was going home, but I'm like, it never seemed like they were going to vote any other way other than Mariah, in my opinion. It, I'm going to disagree. I know what Josh is going to say. I'm going to disagree. So when I got a chance to really go back and look at the episode, I focused on Mariah to see, is there anything that I, I need to vote her out over someone else? And I didn't see where Mariah should have been the focus. But again, you're on Survivor. But Mariah came through. Mariah went across the beam. She I am I am confused where she stood out as the weak player. I am yeah, a little bit confused yeah. about that. I didn't see where she would have been a target. I would have took an Owen out because Owen to me was overplaying. And Owen already is. He was like, look, I'm just trying to make sure I don't physically exhaust myself. I'm just overplaying. And... He didn't really communicate with some of the other tribe mates on strategy as well. And that could be a downfall to you. But you have Mike basically saying that he was going to sacrifice himself. And I just didn't see where I didn't see their vote. I don't know if it's going to come back to haunt them. But if you look at it, you would have had more time if you're saying she was physically not capable versus some of the other tribe mates. So I didn't really see where Mariah, when she performed excellent in a challenge, she performed during the original uh, put the box together on the very on the island. Um, they came up a little short on getting the key, but I didn't see where they how she became the target. But again, Cody also in Vessi Tribe was targeting salespeople, and he's a salesperson. <laughs> well, that's just how it works. Yeah, no, he's actually just an elevator person, is what he's saying. No, uh, Josh, what about you? Where where were you at in terms of who you thought was who that was going home? I'm sorry, I can't get my words out because also I felt like um, Gabler. I, that would have been my target. I mean, I just don't understand the whole, I'm playing my shot in the dark guys. And I was like, what? What? So. I think he was, I need to see a couple more episodes before I figure out if Gabler is being a genius <laughs> or if he's trying too hard because, okay. So he's only got this idol for two tribal councils, which I think is actually a good thing. Cause it doesn't put a huge target on your back. It's not yeah. this like, Oh, it's not an idol that you can play at the final eight or the final seven that, if you, we let you get too far, then you can really use it to your advantage. You can only use it in the near future. Okay, so it's not a huge threat, but then it also really helps him because they know 50-50 shot. He's either going to play at that time or he's going to play at the next time. And do you really want to go after a guy where 50-50, if he, if he even suspects that you're actually going after him, he's got, he's got an idol and he's got to either use it that time or whatever the next tribal council is, which he might not even know when that is. So I think it was... I, I think it would have been extra risky for them to go after him because then it potentially then you're giving him the, sh the one in six of just saying okay here's where i'm going to vote for and send whoever <laughs> i want home so then all right then it's not going to be him so then we've got to look at the five other people and i don't think the editors did a great job of saying why mariah i just think they didn't i don't think we can specifically say she seems like a, a great person 
I have no idea. It just could be that minutia of she just didn't quite click with the other people as much as the other two women, or it could have been the women saying, we don't want to vote out one of the men because then we're going to have to vote out the other two men. And that leaves us, a, you know, a tribe without a very physically strong person. I have no idea. Um, I just don't think, I think I don't think it's something we have a good answer for. Oh, I, I wanted to, what do we expect? And this is, uh, well, I will say I do enjoy, I don't know if you guys saw this. They did like a Ponderosa video on TikTok. I don't know if they did it on their Instagram too. Go check it out, guys. Uh, Survivor CBS TikTok. I think that's just what it is. Survivor CBS. Um, they did this Ponderosa video where she was actually back at Ponderosa and she did like a tour of everything. So almost like, you know, the YouTube series, but now they're doing it for pre-mergers as well. And so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, sorry, Abraham, you didn't get that. Yeah, I mean, look, don't feel sorry for me. I was great. At, I was great. At <laughs> no, so I, I I did like that. But going like you said, Josh, did I don't she have any thoughts? Did she like offer any? She wasn't. She what? wasn't mad. She wasn't mad about okay. it. She's like, I'm officially the queen of Ponderosa. Um, I'd have to go back. I I caught it on the plane ride, so I caught like the first. 10 seconds of it. I didn't watch the full thing, but I need to go back and watch it myself. Um, Wait a minute, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I dedicated my shirt to Mariah. Oh, that's hey. Mariah, if you see this, this is my dedication day. I didn't get that in. Uh, sorry, but I, like you said, Josh, there's not much. I mean, the editors didn't give us much reason to sit here. Usually at the end of the episode, we'd say how they played, you know, did they deserve to go home? It's not much to say about Mariah here, <laughs> to be honest, I mean, unfortunately. Like last season, you had Jackson. We understood why Jackson had to go home for a medical reason. So that was one player out. And then we knew, hey, the other tribe had to vote one player out. This season here, I mean, Mariah, you're right. The editing didn't give her enough of, really, should we root for her to go home? And you know what? I root for her to go home. No, I'm looking at the game and I'm like, and I look, and here's the thing about it is going back and watching it again. I looked from the beginning when the show first started and she got out there. She really was a good team player. She really mm -hmm. supported the team. I said, going into the next episode, you would probably want Mariah. And here's the thing. It goes back to what you said, Josh. Should the most physically capable person not be voted out or be shielded from being voted out? And I'm like, do we take the weaker of the two players in the challenge? Only in the challenge. Um, on her tribe, there was a weaker player that did the challenge and couldn't complete it in a time that would have gave them more time to do in the puzzle. Or we just say, hey, look, eh, she don't fit into what we're doing. And that's Survivor. That, that, in a nutshell, Survivor. And, what, and what happened to the girls' alliance? That's my biggest question is the girls' alliance that kind of formed up there. I mean, they just totally turned the back on Mariah. They even brought it up saying, are we going to be screwed with the guys teaming up? And I could see that. I could honestly see that happening with Sammy Gabler and um, who am I missing here? Ryan. It's, it's, no, and that's, not Ryan. No, that's, was, Owen. Owen. Yeah. Owen's players be aware of the male female alliances. Cause it's, it, it can also put you in a, in a safe trap. Cause you can say, Oh no, I'm fighting with the females. I'm voting with the males. And next thing you know, you end up getting voted out because you've given them the opportunity to put the right people around themselves and it's their strategy. Go into the game of Survivor with a strategy that you think will work for you. And it may not be all female, it may not be an all male, but we just saw Mariah did not make the all female strategy. They voted her out. I got, I got I think so. There, I think oh, there's a ahead, difference Josh. between, sorry, I, I think there's a difference between 
forming an all girls alliance because you like each other and forming an all girls alliance because you're the girls. Like, and the, the times in survivor history where we've seen successful all, all women alliances, like the black widow brigade, they didn't come together and be like, Hey, we've never met each other, but we're women. Like they liked each other first and developed those relationships. And then it turned out, Hey, this can be a real alliance. The best alliances can't be formed on something generic before you actually have a reason. You need to you need to find something genuine and then form that reliance that, that alliance. Those are the ones that go furthest. The Malcolms and Denises, the Dominics and Wendells, the people that are aligned on their values and how they want to play the game. Just saying, oh, we're the three women, we want we should get together without any real discussion of like how do you want to actually play, that's not going to be a very strong alliance. But I also think the the list of alliances on Survivor that have lasted like an episode is hundreds long. So I don't really like get all cut up in <laughs> it. Because uh, we've seen so many of them. I got so I got so excited there. I unplugged my microphone. That's exactly what happened. I completely chopped the cord right out of it. Um, before we wrap up here, I want to ask you guys, what are your guys' expectation for the rest of the season? Based off the first episode, I, I mean, I'll just give you my thoughts. I thought it was a solid first episode. There was a few times here and there I was peeking at my phone. You know, oh, I got a text here, you know, kind of while the episode was happening. I thought it was solid. I didn't think it was anything like, oh, my God, greatest season of all time. But I am excited for the rest of the season. Nothing but silence. I look at it, you know, I'm tuned into the show. I love to see the brand new cast of characters. I love to see the personalities. I love to see them get an opportunity to live out their dream and play the game of Survivor. But I also love seeing familiar locations, like when Bessie Tribe walks to their tribe. That used to be my tribe. I can look and I can say, oh, I remember that. I remember walking on the beach. So for me, it's kind of two part. I love the game of Survivor and I love to see the next group come out there and get a chance to play. But I also love the sentimental value that it's, bring, it's brought to me to be able to see that location and be able to relate to that location. And be like, where did those green coconut trees come? I mean, the green bamboo come from. Because our bamboo was brown. Theirs is green. So I'm like, um, and we had a conversation about that. That was kind of funny. But it, it's so refreshing to be able to see somebody else enjoy that same experience. So I look at it from a different perspective, but I enjoy watching it. I think this first season, 43, it kicked off. I think they looked and they made corrections where they needed to. And it, it keeps you engaged in what's going to happen next. Yeah, the do or die thing needs to go. The shot, in the, the, the shot in the dark. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. No, well, the shot well, in the dark. Well, the do or die went. Yeah, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, that needed to go. Um, the shot in the dark just never developed itself. And we'll see in 43 if it truly developed itself as an intricate part of the game of Survivor. But I just I just enjoy the whole thing. And I like the way it's all put together. And I like to see a Dwight go out there and get the key, be the first win, get the flint. We even saw when they started fire on the White's Bessie tribe and they actually destroyed the they destroyed the hut. <laughs> the hut falls down to get fire. I'm like, that don't really make sense. But you see somebody start fire for the first time with Flint and you actually know what it feels like to get that fire and actually have it. It's a great experience, man. So I like the way 43 is, is, is kicking off. I like the fact that they made changes, but I also want to see what's going to happen new. Josh, what about you, man? I think survivors in an era with the way that they're casting generally likable people, you know, that's, it's just the reaction to the world being world having changed and the acknowledgement that anybody you're putting on television is someone that you're sort of exposing to 
social media and the world at large. And we generally like to see people that we like on television. I think the era of drafting of, of going after some, some sort of mean, aggressive people because it's funny on television. I think that's sort of over for Survivor. So we end up with casts of very likable people that have, you know, overcome different things in their background. And I, and I say that to get to the point of, I don't think we're in a place where Survivor, other than uh, uh, a Dan situation in 39, which was just, just ruins the whole season, where it can really be bad. Because you yeah. generally have 18 likable people that are playing hard, that know the game, that respect the game, that understand their, what they're out there to do, that can take being voted out with being super bitter about it. And so when you have all those things, then it's never going to be bad, right? Because you're going to have this enjoyable group of people that you like watching play hard. And, you, you know, there's going to be twists and turns. and There's going to be alliances made and broken. And it shouldn't be a boring season where one group steamrolls all the way through. On the flip side of that, it can be really tough to have like a top tier season because of that genericism. Because we're probably not going to have an I-2-4. Because we're probably not going to have a Tony, you know, play so much more aggressively than everybody else and put this huge target on their back and win anyways. I would love to see that, but it just seems like now it's the, it's the era of subtle survivor. It's, it's how can I be in the third or fourth position and play just hard enough that people know I'm playing, but not play too hard to put the target on my back. So that when it comes down to the final five, if I win the right immunity and play one idol and hope two other people take each other out, then I can tell a really compelling story at the end. And if that's every, and I, and I'm worried that, slightly because again still a great show still i'll be watching all the time yeah. but i worry slightly that we're just going to end up with a lot of seasons that are sort of average they're never going to be top 10 they're not going to be bottom 10 they're going to be enjoyable and fun but ultimately kind of in the mix as we were talking about when you look back into the 40s and it all melts together um but that being said i'm excited for this group i think there's a lot of really likable people i'll be watching every single week with you know bated breath and just can't wait to see how it all turns out <laughs> Uh, and and hopefully we get one or two people who really decide to you know go nuts with it and you know bring, it, bring thing, it up into that left the last thing I want to say is uh, off that I think you put that I think that was perfect what you just said I think that's a great way to say where the show is at at this point in time and I don't know I know Abraham doesn't watch wrestling don't know if you ever got into the wrestling phase Josh but for any wrestling do you, you don't watch a wrestling Man. Abraham. I watched wrestling when I was a kid with Jimmy Snooker. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, then you'll when get different. Anyone yeah. who watches wrestling or was in the wrestling world, I think Survivor can kind of be looked at like wrestling. So, when it, you know, you go back to, I'm just going to start at the 80s, you know, the start of Survivor. Everyone loved it. This was the hottest thing on television. Everyone was checking it out. And then, you know, it just continued to be great. And then you got into like that, that, kind of period that I haven't seen that Josh you said some of the best seasons are at and even kind of the early 20s and stuff where it's just prime television I'm talking the attitude era for WWE you know prime everyone it is just top notch and then it started to get a bit stale and they just started doing the same old stuff and it was still good we still watched it but it was like oh it could be so much better and wrestling just had like their head person step down and a new person step in and ever since that happened, it's been fresh. It has felt kind of like the old. And I'm almost feeling like, even though I love Jeff Probst, is it going to take Jeff Probst, you know, eventually saying I'm done with this and a new person coming in with some fresh ideas to get Survivor back to the level that it could be? 
Are you are you campaigning for Abraham to be the host of Survivor? <laughs> that's I'm gonna leave you guys with that. But I'm like, is it going? I like Josh said. I still love Survivor. I don't care. I'm not one of those people that you know. We're gonna sit here and we're gonna say what's bad with it, but we are still gonna tune in and we're still gonna watch because it is still the best social game on television until something comes along and proves that it's better, which I just don't see happening. But is it going to take like a new, you know, someone new in charge making the decisions? Let, let me I'm, let me add on that. Let me tell you something. When you see Jeff Prost for the first time, it's exciting. I'm not going to get casted <laughs> now because of that spiel. They're going to see no, that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's a part of, he's integrated into the fabric of Survivor. I don't, I don't think that's it. I think that I'm going to go with Josh. You, you need to have fresh ideas executed so we don't know what's going to happen next. So I shouldn't be able to sit here and be like, I know what's going to happen next. When I looked at a Cherie or a James or Tony play, when I prepared to go, I didn't know what was going to happen next. It was a total surprise to me, everything. And it was a shock that I wasn't prepared because I had looked at all the seasons in preparation. That's what I want Survivor to be. I don't want you to be able to come and look at these three seasons here and be like, I can get ready to go out there and play. No, you should go out there and be like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I just got to survive to get to that soul survivor spot. But as long as I can look and be like the shot in the dark, we call it the guinea pig. It was a guinea pig thing. We thought it was going to go away in 43, but apparently we found out in episode one, the shot in the dark is back there. But Everybody from 43 watched 41 and 42, so they knew the shot in the dark was there. Mike wouldn't have said, hey, I'm going to play my shot in the dark on the very first episode if he didn't already know it was there. You guys so, knew it was there before Josh kind of closes out. They told you you had a uh, shot in the dark. It wasn't, oh, what's this dice thing do? I mean, they told you. If you go back to our episode, the shot in the dark was only played twice. Well, I, that's on you guys. That is your guys' fault. They told you what it does. They told you the shot in the dark. That's what it was, but there is no reference to a shot in the dark in any of the previous seasons. So execution of it, we yeah. were like, yeah. nobody remembered it. It was like it wasn't a memorable part of it. I thought you guys were just scared to play it because there's a lot of times your season, I'm like, why aren't you playing the shot in the dark? I, I mean, if I feel like I'm going home, if there's even a chance I'm going home, I'm playing it. I forgot I even had a shot in the dark. We there's there's and here's the thing about it is there's only so much stuff they can show you on TV. Yeah. Um the funny part about it is it, we'll have to talk off camera about it, but there's a funny part <laughs> about this whole how it was presented. But it's interesting. I'll and that's that's why I'll let it leave it there. Yeah. I want people to come on Survivor and not know what to expect and they have to play their game. Josh, you have something to close us out. I know you had something to add on there as well. No, <laughs> no. I just, I just think I just, I just want to say like I just, I do want to emphasize that like the reason we critique so much is because it's much, it's I wasn't say more fun, but it's more interesting to talk about that and be like, oh, the editing is great, or the, yeah. you know, the camera work is really terrific this year, and the cast is ter- like we can say all these great things about the show, and it just, I just feel like sometimes you need to balance it when you when you do critique for a while to then just say at the end like we critique because we love. And yes. none of this critique is like scathing critique. So it, it's just, you know, I, I, I think, and to go back to the, to the last point, I think I don't, I don't want to see Survivor without Jeff Probst yet. Like I mm, think he is yeah. the right person for it. No, I, I agree. He, I agree. Yeah. He like needs to be replaced or anything like that. Um, but I do think it's a little bit of, he's been the guy he needs just, 
he needs some help. He needs somebody to bounce some ideas off him, someone to give a little bit of that creative freedom to, to try some new things. Because I think he just might be stuck in his ways a little bit. Understandably, he's been yeah. doing it for 23 years. I mean, like, I can't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, to add on <laughs> to that, to, we were we were kind of survivor critical today. But I think, if anything, this is our first time having Josh on the show. So we I wanted had a lot of thoughts that I just needed to get <laughs> off my chest. We, so. Yeah, we wanted to find out what Josh likes about it, what he doesn't like about it. And I, I think we'll be back to just like straight to the episode uh, next time. But uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope we, you can join us even more. We know kind of once basketball season comes around, you get very busy. But hey, let us know, guys, in the comments. You love Josh, right? I felt like he added a lot to the show today. Uh, do you and guys- if you didn't like me, don't comment at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do not <laughs> say anything. <laughs> Only positive feedback in the comments. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, where can they find you guys? Where's the best place to find you guys on social media? Uh, you can find me on uh, IG on the Abraham underscore 99 underscore 99. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but mostly on Twitter at JM as in Michael Verlin. J-M-V-E-R-L-I-N. And you can catch me on Instagram at I'm Randy Bruce. Same thing on Twitter. And make sure to follow our actual page on Instagram at, at the, I keep forgetting we had the start over on Instagram. It's infuriating. So <laughs> at the Survivor Now podcast or on Twitter at the Survivor Now pod. And then if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. We really do appreciate all your guys' support. Survivor is back. It is back in full swing, and we will be right back here. Probably, I assume, our normal time next week. Um, right after the episode airs, we will record, and the episode will be uploaded on Spotify for you guys around midnight. That's so it's after the Western time, and everyone can just come on and enjoy listening to us break it down together. So we'll be right back with our u- usual time next week but until then have a great week everybody first week of fall you can tell i'm bundled up and it's getting chilly abraham knows nothing about the cold but me and josh do because we live in yeah philadelphia and indiana so yeah but enjoy the rest of your week guys we'll see you back here next week